what's a big what's the biggest story war with china uh the digital currency collapse of the dollar um the spooky euthanasia stuff hey how about the what was it the corn potatoes tomatoes that are now being made so you can get the vaccine by eating them that's just a safe time <laughs> you know <laughs> what no one likes needles Right. You know, what if you were just like when whenever whatever meal you had, it just cured a few yeah, couple the government can just diseases. you know, make sure that everybody has their vaccines. Yeah, that's gonna that's a good way of doing things. This is really it's a spooky world. There's a lot is. of stuff like that in the show today, and yeah. I, you get you get to that point where I think it feels a little overwhelming. All right, there's too much to fight. You know, it feels like it just you just want to kind of give up and go into a hole. I will tell you though, Megan Kelly makes you not want to go into a hole. I mean, she had fighting words. So did Jason Whitlock. He was on today's program. There's some good things that are happening, including a big win up in Seattle uh, against the Justice Department and Amazon. They had destroyed this family's life for three years. Well, a judge just threw everything out of court. You don't want to miss a second of today's uh, broadcast podcast. Uh, We start in just a minute. First, let me tell you about our sponsor. It's American Giant. We love having American Giant as a uh, as a sponsor because they are cut. I mean, no pun intended. They're cut from the same cloth that we are. They are trying to help make America great again. They're trying to uh, remind us that there's an American Giant in all of us, and we've got to start making things here in America. It's what gives us our pride. It's the hard work and the great product that used to mean something. This company started in 2012. A clothing factory was uh, in North Carolina was closing down. And they came in. They worked with the factory to invest in new machinery and then reskilled everybody. Um, Ten years later, they now make some of the greatest clothing in America, but absolutely positively the best hoodie you will ever own, ever. The cotton is grown here in America, milled in America, cut and sewn, assembled, all of it here in America from American Giant. Go to American-Giant.com slash Glenn. That's American-Giant.com slash Glenn. Where do we uh, where do we even begin? Um, well, let's start here, shall we? Um, let's start with Macron, which always sounds like a cookie to me, um, but he's the French president. Um, and uh, Macron, it says that uh, de-dollarizing might be the thing to do. Um. He said uh, trading in commodities and other currencies um, might be the right thing for France and others. After spending six hours with the Chinese President Xi uh, as part of a three-day state visit to China, Macron made it extremely clear that France wants nothing to do with World War III emphasizing that Europe must employ strategic autonomy, presumably led by France, 
um, while speaking with reporters above, uh, you know, aboard the uh, Air Force One for France. The uh, French president said that the great risk facing Europe right now is that it gets caught up in a crisis that is not ours, which prevents it from being its strategic autonomy. He is calling for a single global world order. He said, we're living in a jungle right now, and we have two big elephants trying to become more and more nervous. I don't even understand that. That must be a bad translation. Why, two we elephants live? that are trying to be more nervous? <laughs> what are you talking about? Someone just threw it into Google Translate and didn't even try to make <laughs> yeah, right. it bother to make ah, it make sense. As the president of France, they don't ever make sense. <laughs> uh, if they become very nervous and start a war, it will be a big problem for the rest of the jungle. You need the cooperation of a lot of other animals, tigers, monkeys, and so on. What is he talking to Kamala Harris? It's like... And, boys and girls, we need tigers (laughs) and monkeys and maybe even a chicken or two. His concept of strategic autonomy uh, was enthusiastically endorsed by President Xi and the CCP. Uh, They are trying to weaken the transatlantic relationship to accelerate this trend. What's going to do that is uh, cutting us off at the knees with the dollar. Uh, we are now down in dollar usage uh, for international trade. We are down now 7%. That is significant. Significant amounts of money are now being liquidated and countries are not using the dollar. This is going to happen very slowly and then all at once. So you're going to see it slip 10%, maybe 15%. And then it's going to be dumped. Um, uh, France said, uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, China said to France, the question you need to answer, is it in your interest to accelerate a crisis on Taiwan? The answer is no. The worst thing would be to think that uh, Europeans will become followers on this topic and take our cue from the U.S. agenda and a Chinese overreaction. Just hours after he uh, was headed back to Paris, China launched their military exercises around Taiwan. Taiwan, I mean, um, is going to be trouble for us. Do we have the Lindsey Graham uh, cut from, I don't know, Face the Nation or Chuck Todd or whatever the hell those things are? <laughs> uh, Pat played it this morning. See if you can get it from him. Uh, it is it is. I mean, you want to talk about marching off to yet another war? Listen to this. I'm fearful that the Chinese may be setting a conditions to blockade Taiwan in the coming months uh, or weeks, and we need to respond forcefully. If they do that, we need to blockade uh, oil shipments coming from the Mideast to, t- uh, to China and uh, let them know if you blockade Taiwan, we're gonna cut off your oil. Oh, good. We need to train more aggressively Taiwanese forces so they can fight like the Ukrainians. Uh, we need to put nuclear-tipped missiles back in our submarines. Uh, Biden won't do it. The military has asked for nuclear-tipped cruise missiles to be put back in submarines like the Russians, Russians did. And we need more forces in the region. I think if you do those things, you could deter a blockade. It sounds, though, like a ratcheting up of the situation. No. And if Taiwan is not fully equipped, yeah. trained, armed, ready for this. Right, right. 
we don't right. want to be leading to World War III. Listen to this. Well, nobody wants World War III, but what kind of world do you want to live in? Do you want to live in a world where a, uh, an island called Taiwan could be taken by China? 90% of the high-end chips are made in Taiwan. They'd have a monopoly on the digital economy. Do you just want to let Putin take whatever he wants in Europe? I don't want to live in that kind of world. There's no reason for this. Listen, I believe in a one-China policy, but I would be willing to fight for Taiwan. Well, good. Let's send him over. Um, I think that would be fine. All in favor of sending Lindsey Graham over to Taiwan to fight the Chinese, say aye. It's unanimous. Um, Wait. Holy cow. That's amazing. It it is truly amazing. We are ratcheting it up. I don't know if you saw some of the documents that came out supposedly from a Pentagon leak. We don't know. We don't know who is leaking these yet, but apparently they're significant. Uh, they're the most significant leak, they say, uh, since um, what's his name that's now over in Russia? Snowden. Snowden. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's, that's significant, uh, but it had our battle plans. Uh, apparently, it shows that we are already in a war with Russia. Um, shows some battle plans that we have. Shows how weak uh, the Ukrainians are actually at fighting. Um, the numbers have been changed, but this could be disinformation. We don't know, uh, which is a it's a great place to be because uh, we don't know a lot. It seems in this administration. Then Russia and Iran met again this weekend to weaken the U.S. dollar. Um, During the meeting, Iran expressed the satisfaction with the volume of economic cooperation between Russia and Iran, praising the path that started to reduce the influence of the dollar in the region and international economic exchanges. We will together limit the dominance of the West over the world economy to the minimum. So at least they're, you know, speaking out. By the way, uh, Central Bank... I'd like to remind you again of what my grandfather said. My grandfather always told me as a kid, because when I was growing up, my grandparents were the greatest generation. They were they lived through the war. And uh, if you had grandparents like that, they never, ever forgot it. We, my grandmother back in the 70s and early 80s was still and my mom, too, because of my grandmother still saving all of the wrapping paper we would open for you know open presents for christmas and we'd have to open them carefully because we had to save it to use it again the next year even though all of us kids were like what are you talking about there might not might not be any wrapping paper right you know what i mean it was like crazy Mm -hmm. but that's how bad things were they never forgot it you know they were in their 20s and 30s and by the time they're in their 80s they're still like it could happen at any time my grandfather said had we known what rich people and countries were doing we would have we would have fared better well you know what the rich countries are doing and the rich people are doing central banks have now doubled down on gold buying February, central bank gold reserves rose another 52 tons. Uh, It is the 11th straight month of central bank net gold purchases. 
well, I want to say, you know, not all the smart people, you know, we're not buying any gold in our in our central bank. The People's Bank of China increased gold holdings uh, reported 24.9 tons, the fourth consecutive month of reported Chinese gold purchases in the time China's official gold reserves have grown by 102 tons of gold. They are clearly planning something. And speaking of that, there was somebody that did a fake interview uh, and was posing as um, Vladimir uh, Zelensky, the Ukrainian president, and uh, got the European Central Bank president, Christine Lagarde, on this video conference and they were talking. Now, remember, one of them is AI. One of them is a fake, you know, uh, uh, individual. Not the president of Ukraine is not the president of Ukraine, but she didn't know it. Here's a little piece of that conversation. There are many protests in Europe uh, against uh, the electronic euro. Now, the problem is they don't want to be controlled. Uh, they don't want to. Uh... Yeah, but you know what? You know what? Now we have in Europe this threshold above 1000 euros. You cannot pay cash. If you do, you're on the gray market. So you take mm -hmm. your risk. You get caught, you are fined or you go in jail. But you know, the, the the digital euro is going to have a limited amount of control. There will be control. You're right. You're completely right. Mm -hmm. We are considering whether for very small amounts, you know, anything that is around 300, 400 euros, we could have a mechanism where there is zero control. Mm. But that could wow. be dangerous. The That's terrorist wonderful. attacks on France uh, back uh, 10 years ago were entirely financed by those very small anonymous credit cards that you can recharge in total anonymity. Got it? So anyone who says that digital currency is not coming, you're mistaken. It's already in, in uh, coming down the pike in Europe. Anyone who tells you that, oh, well, it's not gonna control everything, listen to what she just said. We'll have it will have some control, some control. But we're thinking about, you know, uh, what was it? Three to four hundred euros. We're small thinking small transactions. Yeah, we're thinking about five to seven hundred dollars. You're going to be able to buy something, you know, and it won't be tracked. But anything above that would be tracked. However, that's very dangerous to do because the terrorist could win. That's what she just said. And that's really, really disturbing. And it's three or four times as bad when you realize she's talking to a machine. But like, <laughs> it's like it, it's yeah. the one thing if we caught her. Yeah. You know, when I first saw this headline, I was like, oh, what did she blurt this out on a, on a you know, a, a hot mic? You yeah, know, yeah, how did yeah, this? Yeah. No, no. She's just got fooled by AI. And how many times is that going to happen? Oh, in the next oh, wait. few years. Oh, I've got something. I got something that oh e that everyone said. What are you talking about this for? That'll never happen. It'll never. It is now in the news as a very close call. And we're just at the beginning of AI.
This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. There's a lot going on. Um, what happened uh, to Riley Gaines that we found out about Friday is just abhorrent. Um, I think we're seeing the birth of a new civil rights leader if she has the stamina uh, to take it. I mean, she is under attack. Megan Kelly joins us now uh, to talk about Riley Gaines and what happened uh, at the university after she spoke. She was attacked. She says assaulted. Uh, I haven't seen the video of that, but I believe her. Uh, and she was kidnapped and held in a room. She wasn't allowed to leave. Um, welcome, Megan Kelly. How are you? Hi, Glenn. I'm good. I haven't felt so outraged about a story as I did just over the whole Friday news cycle. Yep. The thing that happened down in Tennessee, the thing that happened to Riley Gaines, the Bud Light and Oil of Olay with Dylan Mulvaney. I really I, I felt like you. I spent the weekend thinking about what can I do? What can I personally set up in a 501c3 or something to help these embattled women who are fighting like Riley Gaines, who needs security, who needs to sue these people? Like, there has to be something more we can do. I have to tell you, Megan, I, I don't understand why women are not more upset. First of all, the Dylan Mc, McIlvaney thing. It's just a mockery of women. Um, and it, it truly is woman face. You know, they, they say blackface when you're a white person dons the. This is woman face. It's, it's mocking. It's minstrelsy. This is not someone who is gender confused, has gender dysphoria, and is, wants to lead a, a life as a woman. This is someone who's looking for attention and, and is making a joke out of womankind. I do have to tell you, I, all, I, I lost track because I thought of a menstrual show, uh, an old-time menstrual show. which <laughs> Menstrual, but menstrual works too. <laughs> um, so um, let's, let's go back to Riley Gaines here for a second. What happened to the police there? I mean, there's, there was no real pushback, and the university comes out and, you know, thanks the students who uh, participated – peacefully in the event and, and mentioned their bravery. The only one that was brave there was Riley. That's not brave not to be in a, great, a mob. No, this, this has not been a great year for law enforcement in and around the city of San Francisco. First, we had the Paul Pelosi debacle where the 911 operator was out to lunch like, gee, okay, bye. You okay? You're looking for <laughs> Capitol Hill police? Okay, bye. <laughs> and the, the guy's under attack five times has to be like, well, wait. Uh, and then they basically let him get attacked before they win it. So that's number one in San Frank with the law enforcement out there. Now we see these campus cops there letting the victim be further victimized as they try to appease the mob. Perhaps they've forgotten the very point of their job. And that statement by the disgusting university was about the was that that was the most important thing I've seen since the University of Pennsylvania telling the female swimmers they needed therapy if they mm -hmm. objected to Leah Thomas mm -hmm. swimming in the pool. Can I just go back to what was Riley Gaines's sin? Is she uh, Matt Walsh, who I love? <laughs> like, is she a Matt? No, she's not a Matt Walsh. Riley Gaines is not saying we don't indulge in the trans fantasy at all. Riley Gaines swam against Leah Thomas. She's the one who came in tied with Leah Thomas 
in the NCAA tournament, the finals, and was given no trophy because they wanted a picture of Leah holding the trophy, a man, uh, not Riley Gaines, an actual woman. And Riley Gaines got a little upset about the way she was treated and the fact that she was forced to, to compete against a guy who'd been in the 500s as a man and now was taking national titles as a woman. And she's spoken out about that piece of the trans movement. That's what got her assaulted, shouted down like she was Hitler incarnate. If you can't talk about that, we're done. If you can't defend her right to speak up about that, we're done. Women's rights are over. And Joe Biden has responsibility in this. His administration is actively working to curtail women's rights right now. And these far left activists, half of whom may or may not have a foot in the trans camp and the other half are just far leftists Mm -hmm. who want to agitate, who Mm -hmm. hate reason, who are unattractive, unhappy people who are just glomming on onto any upset. I'm sorry. It's not nice. But why are they all homely? I mean, to a person, Glenn, there's something going on. (laughs) So, so Megan, I mean, in the age of Me Too, Riley has said, you know, I'm in a locker room. I turn around and this guy, you know, has his junk hanging out and and he's just staring at me and I'm very uncomfortable. How is this not a Me Too thing? Oh, because the media won't do its homework or do any bold reporting, which is required in these situations. The Daily Wire actually ran an in-depth report on Leah Thomas. And I've kept waiting for a Leah Thomas denial, for a Leah Thomas lawsuit. I've reported what they reported, citing them and said, I too will print a denial if Leah Thomas wants to issue one. I'm more than open-minded to hearing that the report is incorrect. Hasn't happened. What is the Thomas, what is the report on online? Leah Thomas goes by Leah Thomas with a different spelling, and has repeatedly liked, approved of, reposted uh, posts that support something called autogynephilia. Leah Thomas is a man who is into who is sexually into getting off by dressing like a woman. That's not gender dysphoria. That's a that's a fetish. It's a it's kink. That's what Bill Thomas, which is Leah's actual name, is into. He gets an erection when he dresses like a woman. And that is what they subjected the actual women on the UPenn swim team to. And when they said this man is freaking us out and beating us, which is unfair, they were the ones told to get therapy. That's Leah Thomas. That's what Riley Gaines is out there saying, hey, this was not cool. And getting shouted down like she's the freak instead of Thomas. What does it say to you that Finland, Sweden, Great Britain, France, they're all going exactly the opposite way that we are going um, when it comes to uh, children and their sexuality and, uh, you know, transgenderism they're saying that what we're doing is wildly dangerous and we are now doubling down it seems on all of it what what what? we've been captured we we've been captured more so than those other countries by the disease that is wokeism 
and it's tearing us apart at, at the fabric of, of who we are. And there's so few people over here willing to fight back. It's like J.K. Rowling came out and pushed back against some of the yeah. basic things that were happening. Again, J.K. Rowling's not Matt Walsh either. In fact, she and Matt Walsh have fought online because she thinks he's gone too far. But they treat her like she's a Matt Walsh. Again, I like Matt and I loved what is a woman. Um, but there are so few who want to fight because they see what happened to J.K. Rowling. And they see how rabid these crowds are because of the deep unhappiness pervading their lives here in a very large country. And they don't want to be the next example of it. One of the reasons why the women on the UPenn swim team did not speak out publicly, a few spoke out anonymously. And keep in mind, Riley Gaines was not on UPenn. She was, I think, Kentucky. Um, is they, they said in their anonymous interviews, we won't get hired. This isn't even about swimming. We're not going to get hired in jobs in the real world if we put our names on these objections. That's how far left our corporations have gone in America, our colleges have gone, to the point where women will sacrifice their own rights, the rights of their daughters, in the name of political correctness or wokeness or not upsetting anybody. And the, what the Biden administration is doing right now to add to it is absolutely disgraceful. So why isn't this viewed as a civil rights movement um, and... You know, where are the the pastors and priests that are really the ones that usually fill a hole like this? I mean, Riley, she I mean, she's just a normal person. She's a kid and she's doing this all because she just believes it. Her security alone would be something that would stop most people from joining her. And I think all of these. Uh, all these demonstrations to invoke fear, not to stop her, but anyone else who wants to step out of line. Where, where is the beginning of a, of a movement? And I guess that's maybe where you started. You were thinking this weekend. Yeah. You know, I really did think on Friday, this could be an inflection point, what happened to her in this whole battle. I mean, this could be the thing that finally leads the women and men to stand up and say, we're done. And I think about my own role in this whole thing, Glenn, a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I think about how when this all got started, you know, I, I have a transgender person in my family by marriage, not my own marriage. Um, and I mean, this person went full bore, the surgery, all of it. And it was deeply traumatic on those around that person in the, in the immediate family. And, but I had sympathy for them because they went through it at a time when there was no support for this. They had to go to Canada to get all the surgeries. And I remember saying, you know, don't bully, be loving, be kind. You don't understand. This is still the one group that people feel comfortable teasing and bullying and it's wrong. And I, I don't think I was wrong to say that. But when I went to NBC, I did segments on how children were struggling with this. And per perhaps there was a lean to help that. I regret that. I regret that. I did not see where that was going to take us. Tolerance, and I think an innate ability amongst most Americans to live and let live, be kind, be supportive, try not to judge, understand some people have mental frailties, has been abused oh, yeah. and is now morphed into the abuse of children by a system at every turn and the, the dishonest posing as a trans person by people who have other mental disorders 
and, and worm their way into women's spaces, taking advantage of that need to be kind, of that, of that innate instinct to be empathetic. And it's, it's time to say, I'm putting my empathy in the backseat. I'm fighting for what's right. And if somebody who's claiming to have this mental disorder is offended, too bad. Up until about two minutes ago, it was recognized as a mental disorder by the, the psychiatry um, experts in America. It's only now that you're not allowed to say that. Well, nothing changed right. other than looking. right. So I think we have not we have no choice but to call out these people as disturbed. The glommers who don't even have gender dysphoria, who just want to feel special and come into our locker rooms and our swimming lanes, uh, etc., need to be called out. Dylan Mulvaney and all of the brands sponsoring him need to be called out. And I use that pronoun him intentionally. I, I have no problem, Glenn, with somebody who has genuine gender dysphoria, has switched over into the other gender, like a Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn and Jenner. wants to relatively quietly live their yep. life in my lane. Yep. Okay? I really, Caitlyn Jenner's not a woman. Caitlyn Jenner's a trans woman. There's a difference. And yep. it, it matters. I'm happy to call Caitlyn Jenner her. These other posers who, you know, as we're back to the minstrelsy or menstrualcy, no, hmm. I'm not using my pronoun on you. And I'm not allowing my children to be asked their pronouns in class. Like gender is something you can order off of a Chinese menu. Bit by bit, we need to find our courage and re- return to the biological understandings that we've had since the beginning of time. Megan, it is always good to talk to you. Thank you so much. If you haven't heard the Megan Kelly show, it follows uh, this program on uh, XM Sirius, and uh, she's wonderful and always has great guests. Uh, the Megan Kelly show on XM Sirius or wherever you get your podcast. Megan, thank you so much. Thanks, Glenn. You great bet. to talk to you. Talk to you again. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. All right, win one for the good guys. Um, Amy Nelson is here. She is um, she is the founder of the Riveter uh, Riveter dot com. Um, she's also been on our show multiple times. She was on our government's completely out of control lookout show. Um, she was not somebody who. I'm going to get it right. Amy, you're not a, you you weren't a fan of me or anything before, right? It wasn't that I wasn't a fan of you. It's that I had um been, you know, a democrat for my entire life and very active in progressive politics. Okay. So you hated me. Is that's what you were saying? <laughs> I did not. Uh, so um uh I just wanted to throw that in because we're strange bedfellows and I think yep. more and more people need to find themselves with strange bedfellows because if we have the Bill of Rights in common, we can be friends with anybody. That's the way America used to get along. We believed in individual rights in the Bill of Rights. Um, so, Amy, <clears throat> your husband was accused by Amazon of, of a whole bunch of crimes. Um, and uh, the DOJ came into your life and destroyed your life. Can you give me like a 30, 40 second rundown of what happened? Yeah, my husband works for Amazon Web Services, which is the cloud computing division of Amazon for eight years. He worked sourcing real estate 
Um, a year after he left, Amazon accused him of a crime, and we learned of that because the FBI knocked on our door. Uh, my husband um, then spent three years um, fighting these allegations. The allegation is this esoteric crime called private sector honest services fraud, which is a process crime like witness tampering. Um, and over the course of three years, Amazon had the government seize all of our bank accounts. Um, the FBI raided our home, and then they sued my husband in the Eastern District of Virginia. Um, it's funny, is it Virginia, seeing that, isn't Amazon a Seattle-based company, or did they move out to Virginia? Is that why? Well, Amazon is a Seattle-based company, and my husband lived and worked in Seattle. But Amazon chose um, uh. Northern Virginia as its second headquarters. You know, Jeff Bezos bought the newspaper there. He uh-huh. is trying to buy the football team there, and he is very close to the government. So um, you alleged when you came on that none of these things were true, and we believed you, uh, none of these things were true, and that Bezos was using the government um, to crucify and prosecute your husband so they didn't have to pay a $100 million fine on another related, uh, unrelated topic, correct? Correct. Okay. So last time I spoke to you, you said it was going finally going to trial, but it was a civil suit because the Justice Department never brought any charges. That is correct. And the civil trial was scheduled to start on May 1st, just in a few weeks. Okay. And what has happened? Something really extraordinary happened, Glenn. Um, Last week, the federal judge issued um, an order tossing out almost all of Amazon's claims before trial, essentially saying these claims aren't even strong enough to warrant a jury trial. We can throw them out today. The judge said that my husband didn't even violate his Amazon employment contract. He said there was no fraud. He tossed out Amazon's sensational racketeering claim, which was Amazon Mm. stepping into the shoes of DOJ and trying to prove a crime. And, you know, the federal judge said these aren't even strong enough to merit a trial. Wow. That is a huge yeah. loss for them. Um, he t- tossed out six out of the seven. What did he leave? He left a claim that is called like civil conspiracy to tortiously interfere with a contract. Um, and it's a little bit confusing because it, it, it's a question of can Amazon prove that there was like a conspiracy for a bunch of people to interfere with my husband's employment contract. But Again, the judge held my husband didn't violate his employment contract, so we're still right. trying to kind of work through what that would mean. Okay. Um, and so there's no jail time. Maybe there would be a fine. Um, but this is a, a huge win, kind of, because if you have this tossed out of court, how did Amazon get the DOJ to persecute you guys, you guys for what, two years, two and a half years? Three. Three years. Three years. Yeah. So, you know, Glenn, I think that the, there, there's a lot of things at play here. It is a huge win, and we have to see if Amazon even decides to go to trial to try to prove that last claim. But I think, like, I've been sitting here with this for a few days, and it just, Amazon is too big. They have too much money, and they're far too close to the government. Like, if a company can go and spend millions of dollars trying to lobby the federal government to bring criminal charges, to ask for civil forfeiture, to deprive Americans of their bank accounts, and then just delay and enforce an, an American employee to spend millions of dollars essentially proving that he didn't break his employment contract, that company is too big. Like, that is mm-hmm. not how this can work. 
Amazon employs over a million Americans. This is frightening. Well, it's not just a million Americans. They have all kinds of people from the Department of Justice um, and and other three letter agencies. That is truly um, frightening because they're providing the cloud servers for the U.S. government and for all of these agencies. That's uh, that's a lot of power. Yeah, I mean, I think that most Americans don't understand that Amazon stores the secrets of the FBI, the NSA, the CIA, everybody. And so, of course, when they go to these agencies and ask for something, like the bias is that the agencies will believe them. I mean, they want to, right? Like we are entrusted. We entrust Jeff Bezos with our national secrets. Full stop. And I think that's pretty terrifying, particularly when, I mean, look, I don't know, Glenn, how to frame it otherwise, but like it seems like Bezos is a modern day robber baron. I mean, he's not out there using the courts to try to imprison his employees when they're not even liable for breaching an employment contract. And also what bothers me in this story is the use of uh, uh, civil asset forfeiture. Um, When the government can come in and just take people's assets, remember it was uh, Jamie Dimon from uh, J.P. Morgan Chase that last week in his shareholder meeting said, we need to start seizing farms because we need to rapidly grow wind and solar uh, energy and we can't get enough farmland. So we just need to start seizing it. Ford is seizing all of these farms uh, down south, they announced over the weekend. The the civil asset forfeiture, when they can just take things uh, Mm -hmm. and they don't have to return it even, if you're not guilty, they don't have to do anything. Did you ever get an apology for all of that? (laughs) No, Glenn. In fact, we had to agree not to sue the government in order to get our money back. That's crazy. That is just crazy. Well, and they can do it secretly. Like, we've still never seen the affidavits that were the basis of seizing the money. Like, we don't even know what Amazon told the government to get them to take that money. But I do know that the federal judge in this lawsuit that he just tossed out all these cases said that Amazon had misrepresented that there were damages. There were no damages. He misrepresented their code of conduct and what it said. Like, they've made all these misrepresentations. So did the government take our money based on those misrepresentations? And who, who gets held accountable for this? Nobody. You know, it is ter- nobody, right? And if they're going to go and start taking American farmland because they want to, they'll just find a way, mm-hmm. right? I think that powerful people, powerful entities, powerful corporations and banks can really manipulate the law the way they want to. So you walk away at this point pretty happy. I mean, I do, but I have to say, like, I'm still afraid that Amazon and its CEO, Andy Jassy, might go back to DOJ and say, please go do what we couldn't do. Get these people. But how? On what? I, I, I don't know. But Glenn, they're, how did they do this for the past three years? Right? Like, I just, I don't know. I, I think this is no way. This is no way for an American to live when you are afraid of the government when you have done no wrong because they're in bed with a corporation that needs the, uh, you know, needs the, uh, the, the trouble pinned on somebody else. That, that is terrifying. That's not America. It's really not. And I'm you know, still afraid the FBI is going to come knock on my door and try to take my husband away from our four daughters. And it's, it's, 
there's so many things about this, right? Because I think, Glenn, to your point at the beginning, we have the Bill of Rights, and that's what should unite us. And I think we are in this constant fight between Democrats and Republicans about smaller issues. Yep. When if you look up, when you look up, corporations are really, because of many reasons, able to direct politicians of all, all stripes and all color yep. right, of what to do and how to act. And I think that it is truly terrifying to me that somehow progressives are now these massive supporters of the FBI. It's, um, you when know, you look back. Yeah, go ahead. Years ago. Yeah, when you look back 5, 10, 15 years ago, the Democrats are out there screaming about the FBI's overreach and spying on citizens. And now I think because, you know, Democrats feel like the FBI will go after Trump for them, that they're the good guys. It's really amazing to me that, you know, I, I was listening to you talk about, uh, you know, these big businesses and, and the FBI right before you, you brought this up. And I thought, you know... 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I would have been thinking right now, uh, oh, geez, this is not going to fly well with the audience uh, because you'll sound too progressive. Now, you don't sound like a progressive at all. You sound like a conservative. It's so bizarre. It's a strange, it's a strange world. And I, you know, I, I find myself out there talking to my progressive friends about this all the time now. And I really feel like Americans of all political persuasions are being distracted oh, yeah. to forget our freedoms, to forget our freedoms. Oh, yeah. Right. By, and, and it's terrifying because our freedoms really matter. They really do. Amy, thank you so much. Tell us what happens. Um, keep us uh, up to speed when you, when you uh, get that last one uh, cleared up. And, uh, and my best to you and your family and the kids. Thanks for telling our story, Glenn. You bet. Amy Nelson. Uh, she's from theriveter.com. It's an amazing American horror story. Are you claiming that positive things can actually happen in this country? How dare you? I am. I am. It does happen sometimes, I am. though. Yeah. Every once in a while, these things work out. But I don't know. I mean, she's an attorney. Mm-hmm. Okay. They were wealthy. She's a really good attorney. I don't know. Even no, I know. Donya and I. The process is the punishment. The process is the punishment. If you're a normal person, you don't have a chance. Well, I mean, we've been talking about this with Donald Trump, like where so far the courts have held in a lot of these important issues. They have been the bulwark to tyranny. However, it takes months, years for for that to play out. She lost all of her friends. None of her friends would talk to him anymore because your husband is a criminal. Right. I mean, the DOJ is after you guys. I mean, it's incredible. And it's hard to know, right? Like, yeah. you know, you have friends that, that do things and yeah. they seem great to you and you don't know what they're doing behind the scenes. So when the DOJ says they're cracking down on your buddy, I mean, you can understand people running the opposite direction. It's wrong. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, you can get in no problem, no Humvees, no armed guards. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? 
Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. Na, 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 na.